Welcome to Interparty Conflict, the podcast where we answer your questions so you can have the best tabletop gaming experience possible. My name is Jeff. And my name is... Ah, Gabe. April Fool, because I think when this episode goes out... It'll be uh, just a few days before April Fool's. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Good times. All right. Uh, yeah, so let's let's record this over. <laughs> okay, fine. All right, go ahead. Um, so I wasn't actually going to start over. I was, oh. I was joking. Oh. Uh, April Fool's. Oh, no. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. So how are you doing today, Jeff? <sighs> I'm all right. How about, how about your, uh, yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. Been, uh, been you know. Pretty busy. I just got the, well, I mean, as when this episode goes out, it will have been out for several days, but um, I just got out our newest monthly fantasy fiction. I mm. wrote a story about a character uh, created by our patron, Jom Gemstone. Ooh. And I think it turned out really well. Cool. It took me a long time to get started because like anytime I'm writing about someone else's character, it's harder to, I mean, it, it takes me forever to get started writing anything. Yeah. But writing about somebody else's character, it's, it takes me a little bit. A little bit longer to get an idea and then feel confident about what I'm writing about. But I think it turned out really, really good. Cool. And I, I sent it to him and he loved it. So, nice. Uh, so if um, if anybody wants to read that or any of the other fantasy fictions I have written or will write in the future, mm-hmm. you can become a patron. And where would people do that? We can go to um, patreon.com slash interpartyconflict. That's correct. Yeah. So so uh, our show is, is you know, we, we get, uh, we're sponsored by our wonderful patrons. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to become one, that's where you can go. Yep. If you want to donate. A dollar, five dollars, ten dollars. Yeah, we got a few different tiers. They've got uh, some good stuff on there. You Mm -hmm. get more, you know, you get more content and it helps us make the show better. Absolutely. Cool. So today I, 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 I grilled some burgers. Oh yeah. It was finally like, it finally just got warm enough. The sun was out long enough to where it was like a warmer day. Yeah. Yesterday it was actually pretty nice out and we, uh, my wife and I went, went hiking with our dog. Nice. But, uh. We didn't have the idea to, to grill burgers until we got home, and then we didn't want to go back out to the store. So, yeah. so we did it today. It's a little bit colder today, but uh, still, yeah, you warm, still nice. warm up by the grill. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Warm warm up with all the smoke blowing in your eyes. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fun. It's a good time. <laughs> good time. <laughs> all right, you want to go ahead and get into the episode? Yeah, let's let's do that. Okay, Jeff, I want you to imagine that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want you to to remember a time from your childhood. Yeah. Because, I mean, we didn't know each other when we were kids. We, mm-hmm. we met in high school. But I'm pretty sure I have a firm grasp on what your childhood was like. I want you to remember there was a time oh, yeah. when your mother sent you to market with a cow <laughs> to go and uh, trade the cow for some food. Some food or some money or something. Right, this yeah. cow was like your livelihood, right? right Growing yeah. up in, in the... the uh, out in the the wilderness of of Michigan. <laughs> yeah, the g- good old good old Jezebel. Yeah, uh, she was a she was a good cow. There you go. She was a good cow. And so you took Jezebel to market, mm-hmm. and you were like, okay, I'm going to trade this for some good stuff. But then you saw that there was there was a man there, and he he looked dirty. He looked like he hadn't changed his clothes in a long time. Uh-huh. His hair was you couldn't tell what color it was. Oh. But he said to you through through uh, blackened teeth, he said. I'll trade you these beans for that cow of yours. And the listeners can't see, but I'm making this little hand gesture that is. It's like a cl- it's like a spooky claw. It's like in uh, Smash Brothers. It's it's uh, it's crazy crazy hand. The crazy I'm, hand. I'm doing the the crazy hand thing. <laughs> it's like ah. Um, and and so he uh, he he said he would trade you these these beans. I was like, okay, can I like eat those beans or? Well, he. Uh, Yes, and they'll give you superpowers. He says. Uh, oh, these are these are <laughs> super beans. Yes, and so of course, be, being the kid that you were, who of course you wanted superpowers. Yeah, obviously, you you made the trade. No question yes, about it. We'll see you later, Jezebel. I got magic beans. <laughs> the question though was whether to tell your mom or not. You were a good kid, so you decided. You know, I probably should tell. Well, there's mom. more than one bean. I could get mom. My mom could get superpowers. But what if you could get two superpowers, or however many? I haven't said how many beans there were, but what if you could get multiple superpowers, Jeff? I mean, that'd be cool too. <laughs> so, so you went home, you told your mom about the beans, and you know what? Like a mom would, she got mad at you for it. I mean, come on, Jeez, like what the heck? Mom. She did not value superpowers. <sighs> so she doesn't understand, right? So she grounded you, of course. I mean, it, it, it happened to all of us. All of us made this trade at some point in our life, and we all got grounded for it. But 
Then she threw the beans out the freaking window. What? Those were super beans. Now a, a rabbit or a squirrel is going to be out there and they're going to eat the beans and they're going to get superpowers. Oh, super so when, when that rabbit goes flying down the street, shooting laser beams everywhere, <laughs> you're going to say to your mom, see mom, that's why you sent me to the market to get superpowers. <laughs> and he threw it. Anyway, <laughs> but a rabbit did not eat the beans, at least not most of the beans. Uh-huh. Instead, you awoke the next morning and there was a giant beanstalk. Whoa. And I mean, you didn't even recognize it because who even knows what a beanstalk, who grows beans? Yeah. Come on. And and who would recognize a giant beanstalk as a beanstalk? It would just be like, what's this giant, what's this tree doing that's here? A, that's a very good point. It's like, I was like, oh yeah, I recognize that as a, as a beanstalk. It's just, uh, you know, 12 feet in diameter. Exactly. So exactly. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a horticultural spe- specialist. Uh, I guess you are. I mean, well, I guess I am, but. <laughs> uh, so you. You went out there and you're like, man, I don't know what the heck to do with this thing. But you thought, you know, you feel like being rebellious because your mom threw away your superpowers. Mm -hmm. I'm going to climb this thing up to the top and I'm not going to come down when she tells me to come down. Yeah. If I fall and break my neck, it's on her. Oh, yeah. That's all. That's all. That's all her jam. She'll be like, oh, no. Exactly. I should have let him keep the beans. (laughs) But of course, before you went up, you figure you you should probably bring uh, a tool of some sort. So you brought a car jack with you. You, know, you got to have the jack with the beanstalk. Car jack. Oh, jack with, with the beanstalk. beanstalk. Yeah. All right. So you, you, <laughs> you climbed up to the top and you know what you found at the top of this beanstalk. What did I find? This is not going to fit the story <laughs> at all, but you found <laughs> the dragon's horde. Oh, snap. Like a cloud dragon? <laughs> yeah. So what, what if there was a cloud dragon? Wait, are there... There's got to be a dragon that like lives in the clouds or something, that dragon type. I'll try to find one, put one in the show notes. Yeah, maybe. All right, it'll be from like some obscure edition or something. Yeah. So our item for today uh-huh. is actually an item that oh. you found, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, actually. This was actually found in the 5th edition Dungeon Master's Guide. Yeah. However, I am going to go out on a limb and say people... I would say everybody listening, you have probably never seen nor used nor thought of this item ever. Yeah. And if you have, please send us stories. Yes. <laughs> so, this, this is this is like, go, go, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So this item is the bag of beans. Bag of beans. I know. Like who would have guessed, right? With that story. <laughs> so inside this heavy cloth bag are 3D4 dry beans. Mm-hmm. The bag weighs half a pound. Plus one quarter pound for each bean it contains. That's a freaking heavy bean. That's a big bean. I mean, like, or maybe they're not big. They're just really heavy. I guess they're made of lead. It's just lead, lead wrapped in gold. Well, they're just, conti- they, they have so much magic contained within them that they just weigh extra. Like, how much does magic weigh? Uh, Well, the internet apparently weighs as much as a strawberry, if I recall. <laughs> so I imagine somewhere around it's that. It's about as big as a banana. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Strawberry and banana, internet and magic together. Uh-huh. <laughs> now I'm hungry for a smoothie. All right. <laughs> if you dump the bag's contents out on the ground. See, here's this thing just starts right off with the great effects that this, that, like there's a list of effects. We'll get to yeah, the list yeah, of yeah. effects. But before the list of effects, if you dump the bag's contents out on the ground, they explode in a 10-foot radius extending from the beans. Uh-huh. Where else would they extend from? Each creature in the area, including you, must make a DC 15 dexterity saving throw, taking 5d4 fire damage on a failed save, or mm. half as much on a successful one. The fire ignites flammable objects in the area that aren't being worn or carried. Now, I have a question about that. It's a, if you dump the bag's contents out on the ground. Yeah. It doesn't specifically say, like, a certain amount of beans... Okay. It doesn't specifically say beans. It just says that the bag's contents are spilled on the ground. Hmm. But then it, it do, well, I guess it does specify the, uh, the like the explosion extends from the beans. But in any case, could you <laughs> could you say like okay, say the three D four beans are the so let's say the maximum twelve beans. Sure. Can you take like ten of those beans out of the bag, hold them in your hand, but then dump the two out and still make that one effect? Probably. However, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss this little twist out there. You do, but the 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 ones in your hands, the also. ones in your hands, oh. the the fire still extends from the ones in your hands. Oh. I was thinking you could uh, just like I don't know, use up all the beans but one. Yeah, and then 
I don't know, like dump a bunch of other beans in there or something. I don't, I don't know. Right, yeah. Dump other stuff in there and then dump it out of the bag and maybe yeah. that stuff would explode. I don't know. So, I mean, like, I, I guess that the, that's sort of sort of up to DM's uh, discretion. I, I suppose. The exact yeah. rules of it. Right. Now, the, the main use, aside from just blowing everything up. Right. The main use, if you remove a bean from the bag, plant it in dirt or sand, and then water it, the bean produces an effect one minute later from the ground where it was planted. The DM can choose an effect from the following table, determine it randomly, or create an effect. Mm. So, uh, you want to start uh, start us off? You roll a D100 yeah. for these, by the way. Yeah, so if you just roll a 1, yeah. um, it's going to produce 5D4 to- uh, toadstools, and they sprout from the ground. If a creature eats a toadstool, they will roll any die, so just any any dice D4, on the table. D4, D6, D10, whatever. Any of them. It, it's just even rods. Yeah. It's basically, or I guess flip, flip a coin, coin really. Could, yeah. But on an odd roll, the eater must exceed a DC 15 constitution save or uh, take uh, 5d6 poison damage and become poisoned for an hour. Yeah. On an even roll, you get 5d6 temporary hit points for an hour. So it's you get up, you get a bunch of toadstools, little little mushrooms that uh, will either poison you or or give you temporary hit points. So that's kind of neat. Yeah. It's kind of intense, actually. That the poison is not fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the second effect on a two to ten mm-hmm. on that D one hundred, a geyser erupts and spouts water, beer, berry juice, tea, vinegar, wine, or oil. DM's choice. Thirty feet into the air for one D twelve rounds. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> a thirty foot <laughs> geyser for possibly over a minute. Right. Of, of vinegar, vinegar, the, uh, berry juice, <laughs> oil. I would, I would also uh, suggest to the DM possibly even mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would, uh, <laughs> I would, I would go with that if one as well. If you watered it with the alchemy jug, it would, you, it would also have a chance to be, to be, to be a mayonnaise geyser. You got it, you got it, Jeff. <laughs> so, this, so already this thing is, this, this item is ridiculous. I don't know why I've never heard of the, of these beans before. Yeah. Um, uh, see, so yeah, on an 11 to 20, a treant sprouts. Uh, there's a 50% chance that the treant is chaotic evil and attacks. Yeah. Ch- a chaotic evil treant pops up out of the ground and attacks you. And like, it's like, it's not for like any a specific amount of time. It's just now it's, a treant is it's exist, just there. Is, exists, exists in the world. So what if this treant, this chaotic evil treant became like a, like a re- recurring enemy villain in the in the campaign that's like pretty you, awesome like you found this really early on and it was a treant and which is not a not a you know not something to brush aside like yep. it's a, a brush aside oh um, good one <laughs> so, so i mean like you know what if you finally got this found a bean early on planted it planted made a chaotic evil treant and like it just like it kind of stalked your party for the rest of the campaign yeah for the whole campaign you're running stalked from this your party oh Goodness, more, good, good more, job, more Jeff. Plant dr- jokes. <laughs> All right, going to the next one. That would be scary. <laughs> yes. L- leave it alone, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna plant my foot down. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. Let's let's make like a tree and and get out of here. Wait. <laughs> Horticulture. Yes. All right, on a 21 to 30, uh-huh. an animate, immobile stone statue in your likeness arises. What? It makes verbal threats against <laughs> you. If you leave it and others come near, it describes you as the most heinous of oh. villains and directs the newcomers to find an attack you. Attack oh. you. Oh my gosh. If you are on the same plane of existence as the statue, it knows where oh you my, are. Oh my gosh. But the statue becomes inanimate after 24 hours. That is but it's still there. It's still there. I Gu- love I I love magic items that create things like permanent <laughs> things. Like I love Oh my gosh. Guys, guys, we did not make this up. I promise you it is in your dungeon master's guide. <laughs> Look it up. This yeah, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's a statue that like it's like Wait, like if it had like a plaque too, and it's just yeah. like who's who's this chump in the statue? Is like I'm telling you about this chump. Like he's he's right over there. Go kick his butt. That's ridiculous. I love it. Yeah, I love it so much. Um, on a 31 to 40, a campfire with blue flame springs forth and burns for 24 hours, or until, until it's ex- extinguished. So, yeah. but cool. We're pretty not as not as as crazy <laughs> as it is statue that hates you. It's not a chaotic evil treant or a statue that right, is just right. there to troll you. Yes, uh, it, it's a troll statue. What is a statue of a troll? No, 
<laughs> on a 41 to 50, 1d6 plus 6 Shriekers sprout. Oh. Shriekers are their type of fungus, I think. Okay. That, like, they don't move, but they just they make a really loud noise that attracts enemies or something. <sighs> Wonderful. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so on a 51 to 60, 1d4 plus 8 bright pink toads crawl forth. Mm-hmm. Whenever a toad is touched, it transforms into a large or smaller... Wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead and uh, re- read that one again. <laughs> yeah, it transforms into a large or smaller monster of the DM's choice. The monster remains for one minute, then disappears in a puff of bright pink smoke so it's just a bunch of pink toads that if you touch them they turn into any monster large or smaller yeah that the dm is like uh i want one of those for a minute yeah yeah of course why wouldn't that happen when you plant a magic bean i mean come on Uh, that'd be a great little that'd be a great encounter that'd be a really good encounter actually like you come up you come across just so like a toad yeah, you come across like a like a few you're in like a little swamp and you see a look a couple little bright pink toads. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, look at that! And you touch it and it turns into a freaking monster. And yeah. So like, and then like you know, it's uh, the the DM can basically make it anything he wants, and it's for a minute. So you could potentially have it be something more powerful than they can handle, and so they can like yeah. run away from it, and after a minute, it disappears. Yeah. Or um, yeah, or heck, even like a big. Like a terrible monster comes at them, and it's like, but it's at like the last like two rounds of its minute or something sure, like that. And sure. then they later come across more pink toads, and something <laughs> similar happens. Yeah, know, that's just really cool. Yeah. Then uh, on a sixty-one to seventy, a hungry boulette. Oh my! Or, or actually, I think it is supposed to be pronounced boulet. Boulet. But a, a, a hungry boulet burrows up and attacks. All right. Most of these are pretty terrible, but awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> yeah, a, a hungry boulet. Boulet. Boulet, boulet. Boulet, boulet. Uh, on a 71 to, it's a 71 to 80, a fruit tree grows. It has 1d10 plus 20 fruit, 1d8 of which acts as a ram, randomly atter, uh, determined magic potions, um, while one acts as an ingested poison of the DM's choice. The tree vanishes after one hour. Picked fruit remains, retaining any magic for 30 days. Yeah. Nice. That's, so, that's really neat. A whole bunch of them are just fruit. Yeah. But then 1d8 are magic potions. Yep. And one, one is, is a poison. poison. That is really cool. Yeah. Uh, on an 81 to 90, a nest of 1d4 plus three eggs springs up. Hmm. Any creature that eats an egg must make a DC 20 constitution saving throw. On a successful save, a creature permanently increases its lowest ability score by one, randomly choosing among equally low scores. On a failed save, the creature takes 10d6 force damage from an internal magical explosion. Yeah. I love this so much. Why have I not heard of these? I I don't know. This is amazing. You you can permanently increase... One of your scores. Mm-hmm. Or, or explode. explode. <laughs> this next one's pretty good, Jeff. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let me. Let me. <clears throat> yeah. So, a 91 to 99, a pyramid with a 60-foot square base bursts upwards. Because why not? Yeah. <laughs> Inside is a sarcophagus containing a mummy lord. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, the pyramid is treated as the mummy's, uh, mummy lord's uh, lair, and the sarcophagus c- contains a treasure of the DM's choice. Yeah. So, so uh, um... Uh, sorry, your house is now knocked aside by a pyramid. Yeah, so so here's here's a, a, a random pyramid in your backyard. Oh yeah, here's a mummy lord, a challenge rating fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, that's not something you want to just like sprout out of the ground. Yeah, but that is awesome. And like, just to put this in perspective, a mummy lord is one of the monsters with uh, legendary actions, if right. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. And lair actions. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. That's uh, it's not a random encounter. Yeah, and again, there's no time limit on this. Like nope. this one isn't like it goes away in an hour. They're like, this there is, is a pyramid there now. There is now the, there is now a mummy lord, that has taken up residence in wherever you decided <laughs> to plant this bean. Right. Like that. Like again, this these are all really great. Like, <laughs> like arcs and like little like hooks and stuff and like. You could be going into a town that was once like like you're on your way to a town that you've been before recently, mm-hmm. and you're going back there for some thing or another, and you show up and oh wait, it's under control 
of a mummy lord <laughs> because you tried to plant one of those beans last time you were there. Oh, right, yeah. Whoops. Or, or it's just sort of like, what What the heck? <laughs> like, it could, like, these, these are like, these aren't just game changing. These are world changing events. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can I can see that. And then uh, the very last one, which is on a hundred, so double zeros, mm-hmm. or I guess tri- three, uh, two zeros and a zero on a, right. on a D100. Uh, a giant beanstalk sprouts growing to a height of the DM's choice. So, you know, pr- pretty, pretty, I guess, expected. However, the top leads where the DM chooses, such mm-hmm. as to a great view, a cloud giant's castle, or a different plane of existence. <laughs> So again, a nice little like hook. So you could just be like, "All right, you, there's a there's this beanstalk. You got to climb it. All right, you end up at the bottom of a dungeon or something. I don't know. Ooh, yeah. Like yeah. You, you just like you like you like, like climb up through some clouds, and the clouds just keep hitting darker and darker and darker, and suddenly you hit your head on a on a on a stone ceiling, <laughs> right? And there's a you know, and the, there's there's a there's a metal like hatch that you open up. Oh yeah. And you're in the bottom of a dungeon. You're like, in like a god's castle or something. something. I, yeah, or like, or you're in like the bottom of a dungeon at the bottom of the underdark somehow. Ooh, like yeah. just oh, like, that's really cool. Just like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> but um, I I love these beans. Yeah, what the heck is these, with these beans? These are some great beans, and like just just even going off of this, you can come up like as you can come up with some good effects. So if the DM mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily want to use this this list. Although this list is great, <laughs> but I mean, like it's like it's like if you don't want just like a hungry uh, boule to show up, yeah, you can you know pick one of the other ones or pick pick something of equally like ridiculousness. Sure, um, but yeah, I want I want these beans in every adventure. <laughs> Could you imagine if you were very lucky or I guess unlucky mm-hmm. and you planted all the beans and now you had twelve mummy, mummy lords, lords. <laughs> twelve pyramids. Popped up around you. <laughs> there you go. Oh my goodness! It, you just created like a supervillain team. Oh my good. <laughs> well, they, they, they might not like all all like each other. That's true. It's, That's true. Yeah, you just inadvertently grown the Legion of Dune. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, Doom. Like or or Dune. Oh, the of, Legion of Dune. The exactly. Legion of Dune. There we go. I made a pun and I didn't even really <laughs> realize it. Uh, April Fool. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, so so that's that's this item. Yeah, what what the heck? Yeah, because I was DM writer or DM's guide writers. Yeah, because I was looking through and I'm like, I was like looking at all the, the different magic items because we we weren't too sure on a, on an item for today. And like mm-hmm. I was I was actually looking at the very nice illustrations that they have in there of the like there's the bag of holding, the bag of devouring, and yep. I was like, and then right next like in that same little corner of the page is a picture of the bag of beans, and I'm like, bag of beans, I gotta look that up. <laughs> And then, like, I read the first two, and I was like, "Why have I not heard of this?" Yeah, we because we we went over, we started to go over this before recording, and I, after the first two or three entries, I was like, "Hold on, let's 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 hold off on this. Let's <laughs> yeah. let's get this on on yeah. mic." So yeah, if any of you have used the bag of beans, tell we would us, love to hear about it. Tell us your story, <laughs> or if you have any ideas for what a bean what, what a bean could grow. There you that'd go. Be, be there cool you thing. go. I would like to know that, or we we could throw that up on uh, on the on, on one of our mini. One of our many, many outlets. Yeah, sure. But, um, what? What the heck? That's <laughs> yeah, the only. That's just, the only thing I can say in um, response yeah. to this magic item. Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right, so uh, I think that'll do it for the for the dragon's horde. Mm-hmm. If somebody wanted to submit magic items for us to discuss, or stories for the funeral pyre, or just questions for our general discussion, how would they get those to us, Jeff? Well, they can send us an email at interpartyconflict at gmail Yes. Now, before we go any further, we have. A giveaway to oh, give away. Oh, snap. Pew, pew. That was an air horn. Don't know if anybody caught that. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. Welcome. I didn't realize that's what it was. April Fool. Oh. I knew that's what it was the whole time. So our winner for this week, this is going to be weird. The The email is Avonshill? Avonshill. Avonshill. So Avonshill, congratulations. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Winner. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Uh, you should be getting an email pretty soon from uh, Benoit from Goblinstone. Mm-hmm. If you don't, because a lot of people haven't been, if you don't, you know, make sure to check your spam folder. But if it's not in your spam folder, send us an email at interpartyconflict at gmail.com. And I usually get a copy of it of it as well. Like auto, it automatically comes to me too, so that if they don't get it, I can pass it on. Sure. So if you don't get the email soon, email me and I'll make sure that gets out to you. So congratulations, mm-hmm. Avonshill. 
And if anybody else wants to enter this drawing, it's very easy, mm-hmm. very simple. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is send us an email at the email address we've already mentioned, but I'll say it again, interpartyconflict at gmail.com mm-hmm. with... With Chapel on the Cliffs as the subject line. Yes. Um, that's all you got to do. You don't have to put anything in particular in the email. You could put just a friendly comment or... Uh, a funny gif. A funny gif. Yeah, sure. Or gif. Now... Tangent. I uh-huh. know. I will. I will address the GIF GIF controversy. Uh huh. I will say. I personally say GIF because I think it sounds funnier. Yeah. Pronounce it however you want. Sure. But if you're going to pronounce it GIF, don't say that you're pronouncing it GIF because the word is graphics. That's not how acronyms work, people. <laughs> you don't. You don't use the base word in order to determine how the acronym is pronounced. Okay. Like. There, there are name another acronym that follows that rule that it, you can call it GIF. You can call it GIF, uh-huh. whatever you want, but that's, don't use that as your reason. Cause that's, that's some bad reasoning right there. <laughs> you know. I, I, I call it GIF because it's the word gift minus the T. There you go. That's a way to do and it. Then, and then that's just kind of how I've learned to pronounce those letters in that order. Yeah. I, I guess. I don't know. There, I, there's you, a whole you, thing you, where, you Jess? I, I, <laughs> I just think GIF sounds funnier. So that's what yeah, I do. No, yeah, no, uh, like, I, yeah, I think, yeah, GIF, GIF just sounds right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But hey, if you pronounce it differently, no problem with me. We hate it's, you. I don't, I don't we care don't how, I don't care what you do as long as you do it for a good reason. Sure, sure. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's go on with the episode. But uh, before we get to questions, I just want to say, uh, go and check out Crit Academy oh, at yes. CritAcademy.com. Great mm-hmm. podcast. The episode that I guessed on should be coming out pretty soon. Cool. Um, when, when I mentioned them last episode, I mentioned the the topic for that episode. And when I was editing it, I was like, oh, I, may, maybe I should check with Justin before mentioning the top, you know, the topic of their episode. Right, yeah, case, he didn't care. I didn't think he would, but yeah, just to be safe. Just in know. case, like, yeah, there was some, some sort of secrecy to it or something. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Really, um, you know. People, people like surprises. Who knows? Sure. So yeah, check out Crit Academy. Episode 70 should be coming out in the next week or two, and that's the that's the one I'm on. But check them all out. They're yeah, all good. Of course. Also, D&D Character Lab mm-hmm. is another great podcast. They, Garen and Dan, they make characters and then uh, pit them against each other. It's a lot of fun. Like, who who wouldn't love to do something like that? Right, exactly. I mean, I love, I love making characters, or at least just coming up with character ideas. They just did an episode where I guess a book just came out where someone took all of the monsters from the monster manual mm-hmm. and made them into a playable character race. Oh my goodness. And so they made monster characters. Yes. Now, let me ask you, I put, actually just recently put this as our question on like Facebook and stuff. Uh-huh. What monster would you choose if you were going to make a, uh, a monster character? Well, oh, so yeah, I saw that. I saw this post on, on Facebook and I my I already had my answer. In Is my it head. Zaratan? What's that? <laughs> I said, is it Zaratan, the giant turtle? The giant turtle. That would be amazing. <laughs> no, my the answer I already had, but like it was it was it was very it was very specific, but like I'd seen two people ahead of me had already made a very similar selection. Okay. It was like it was like an elithid. And it's like it'd be great to be able to like, you know, like eat people's brains or whatever. <laughs> sure. And I'm like I mean, Jeff, you can you can do that now. <laughs> like technically, yes, I could. But no, like but I'm like Ugh, just an illithid? Come on, guys. <laughs> you want an illithard, or no, I'm sorry, an ulithard. Ulithard, yeah. Uh, ulitharid. U- ulitharid, yes. I always, yeah, I always pronounce it wrong. Um, ulitharid lich. Well, in, in the episode, uh, I don't think it's a spoiler because I'm pretty sure the episode, by the time this by the time this goes out, that episode has already long been out. But uh, one of them does make an illithid character. Mm-hmm. The other one, see, because my first thought was Beholder. Why wouldn't you make a Beholder <laughs> PC? Sure, I mean, yeah. come on. But... So one of them didn't did an illithid. The other one, a shambling mound. Oh my! What? <laughs> I would love to. I would love to play shambling a shambling mound, mound character. character. It's a giant walking pile of plant matter. That's I mean, amazing. come on, that's great. I want to say it was a paladin. It was oh, either a paladin a sh- or a monk. A shambling mound paladin. I think. I think it was a paladin. I'm. I'm. I'm it'd be, like a, it'd be like a drunken master shambling mound. Yeah. drunken shambling (laughs) there you go the shambling master um uh but yeah so so dnd character lab Mm -hmm. i believe their website is dndcharacterlab.blogspot.com i think uh yeah so check them out check uh, crit academy um check out interparty conflict i I, I don't know yeah so so check them out great podcasts great time let's get to some questions okay let's do it all right our first question comes from umaru 12 this was on reddit how can I convince players to go where I need them to? 
Yeah, and I think in this, uh, they gave an example. In their example, they were saying that, like, the players are going to start out in this tavern, and I think the tavern, like, travels between planes or something like that, which is, is kind of kind of a neat concept. I've um, I've toyed with yeah, a so- similar thing. That sounds familiar, actually. There was, I don't know if this is what he's using, but in the third edition manual, the planes, in there was an online supplement for that book. That was a plane called the World Serpent Inn. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. And then the it is a, an inn that is constantly traveling between dimensions, and and you can have adventures in the inn. I I, I would have loved to have run a campaign yeah. primarily inside this inn. It was really cool. But uh, he wanted there to be a door that the players go through, and going through that door teleported them to the place where he wanted the adventure to take place uh-huh. or something, and. I, it was unclear to me whether he had started the campaign yet and the players just didn't go through it or if he was just trying to get all this figured out before starting. Mm-hmm. But he was worried that, like, what do I do if the players won't go through this door? Yeah. And I would say, you're assuming you haven't already started the campaign, you've probably overthought it. Sure, sure. It will probably... I mean, players are always going to surprise you with what they're what they're going to do. But in most cases, when you start out the campaign, you could very easily just be like, okay, so you guys go through this door. And then go on from there. Yeah. And I don't think anyone would really bat an eye. There, I really doubt there's going to be the one player that's like, uh, hold on, DM. I don't go through that door. I don't know, Gabe. That the, the scenario was playing in my head and I was like, okay, how can this work? And I was like, oh, you could do this. But then, yeah, there's always that one player who's just like, nah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go outside and go for a walk. <laughs> what? You're what? What? I mean, I guess that's just like, no, that's what my character does. He's going to go and roam the streets and pickpocket people because well, that's at that point you say, OK, uh, well, that's my you're going to go do that thing. All the other characters are going to be adventurers and they're going to go on an adventure. <laughs> you, yeah, OK, why yes. don't you make a new character who will guilt, also go on an adventure? <laughs> guilt trip your your players. Guilt, just be like, you know what? I, like, just do the reverse psychology thing and just yeah. be like, you know what? Don't go through that door. Put put as many signs on that door that says do not enter. Well, see, here's the thing. I feel like in, in all seriousness, I feel like if you are at the point where you have to force the players to go somewhere, you've already you've already lost. Sure. There is at that point, there will be the player that is like, no, I'm not going to go through that door. Yeah. I can tell you want me to go through that door and it's not happening. Yeah. There, there, there are people who are like, they have like a, you know, plus five sword of railroading Bane. You know, they just, they'll, they will do anything in their power. Like if they sense any railroading whatsoever, they will go the exact opposite direction. Sure. And it's like, you came here to play a game and you're doing all of the things to make the game not happen why yeah but it's you know it's a thing that you have to deal with as a as a as a dm um so i i one way is also don't know it's like don't try to trick your player trick the character sure because it's the player's gonna be like my character wouldn't do that then trick the character so and just sort of like force your hand on it where it's like, okay. And they're going to be like, they're going to be like, you know what? No, I'm going to, I'm going to go the other direction. If be like, all right, make an intelligence check. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right. So they like, you've been at the bar or something like that. You maybe you've been drinking or whatever. Make an intelligence check. Oh, you didn't make the intelligence check. You stumbled through the wrong door. It's the door I wanted you to go in. <laughs> sure. You know, or if it is the, I don't know if it's, if it's a per, you know, like if it's a person who like, if it's a character who is very like, likes to play the hero, mm-hmm. have somebody's purse get stolen and they run through that door. Sure. You know, have something that like you give chase to them in there or, you know, uh, make it. Yeah. But like try to, try to make the characters want to go in there. Like try to f- like find a way to fool the character into it. Like use the character, like their stats and stuff against them. Sure. Sure. Um, to, to try and like trick them to go in there. It's You know, it'd be hard to do to get everybody in there, but if, at the very least, if there's like one straggler, you might be able to find a way to kind of like fool them into going in there or something like that. And they might, they might resent you a little bit for it, but it gets the game. It gets moving. the game moving exactly. Yeah. That's the important thing, right? And like, really, I would say in most cases, if one player goes, the rest of the players are going to go too, because either you have players that are not very strong role players and they're just kind of sitting around twiddling right. their thumbs in which case they'll go with whatever that's the situation where you can just say you guys go through this door and sure. nobody's going to object or you have very strong role players and they will probably probably try to come up with a reason why their characters would go along with the rest of the group because otherwise why are they playing you know right so i would say i i just feel like this particular situation probably 
won't be an issue for most people in, mm. in most situations, unless your players are just that contrarian and they're just like, no, I'm not going through that door, DM. Yeah. I just, I like, I can definitely see it happening. And that, that might just be the pessimist in, in me. Sure. About, you know. And I mean, that's, that's not a terrible attitude to have when you're DMing it. It does help you be better prepared sure. for. Yeah problems that may arise so i would say if you if you do have to railroad them mm-hmm. do it in the most outlandish way possible sure yeah and then find a way to fit that into the narrative mm-hmm. let's say they're in this tavern and three of the players go through this door and then or let's say none of them none of them will go through the door have some like giant bright red furry dude walk in grab them all in one arm and toss them through the door. (laughs) And then when they're like, what the crap was that? Then you as the DM, even if that's something you just came up with off the top of your head, you are in the perfect position to come up with why that happened, who that giant red furry guy is Uh and why he wants the players to go through that door. Gabe. No, I make a strength check. (laughs) Okay. I made a, I made a strength check to get out of there. Okay. Uh, did you beat a 50? That's you rolled a D eight. Yeah. What's your point? Let me see your dice. I don't have a D twenty. Okay. Yeah. But no, no, he's no. got a pl- he's got a plus fifty five. Oh, okay. Is it the is it the red monster from uh, the Bugs Bunny? That's cartoons? exactly what I was thinking of. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> I, I needed something something weird looking. Did he have a voice? No, I'm thinking of the I'm thinking the, of the, 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 the Yeti guy that would yeah. like pat him on the head and, and call, call him, him George. George. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of the yeah the Adamital Snowman guy. I do want to say the big red thing did have a name, but I don't think it had a voice. I don't uh, think yeah, it ever talked. I just remember like Bugs Bunny giving him like a haircut or something. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like giving him like curls on the end <laughs> yeah so like seriously do what do whatever it takes if you have to this is only this is if you have to mm-hmm. most of the time you won't have to but if like if there is the player that is like no i'm not gonna do it then fine you've you've uh you've forced my hand yeah. a giant red monster is gonna walk in grab you and throw you through that door and then it's probably gonna show up again who knows where? Ooh, I don't know where. Here's a neat idea. If it's if it's like a magical inn and this sort of crazy st- stuff is happening, yeah. have it like each person, each character is in their own like instance of the inn. Ooh, okay. So like it, they're all they're all gonna be going through a, a door that they want to go to for whatever reason. Like each character is gonna have their own reasons for wanting to go in there. You're gonna you're gonna find that what out that what it is and, and exploit it. And then when they enter through, they realize they've all entered through the same door at the same time or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't know. This 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 is going crazy. Like, this isn't going to work for every situation. Sure, obviously. sure. But I just, I just like, if, if it's a magical inn that has teleportation doors or something like that, like, it'd yeah. be like, you walk into an inn and it's like, oh, it's like, it has your favorite beer and it's got, like, it's, it's the minstrels are playing your favorite music and then... And it's like if you're like the rogue type who likes to pickpocket, there's like a very well-to-do man with a with a coin purse just bursting at the seams at yeah. the very end of his belt. And he just walked through that door and you're like, I think I can get that. I think I can get that off of him pretty easily. You know what? I got a good sleight of hand check. Or yeah. or it's the or it's the the paladin. They hear hear a, hear somebody scream, help, you know, on the other side of the door. I don't know. I was thinking if like if, you know, they're in their own instance and there's all the people and whatever. Let's say the bartender's like, oh, you know, I hear that uh, here there's a somebody giving a quest over in that room over there. And the player, you know, the, the player has their character get kind of obstinate and be like, uh, no, I'm not going to go through that door. Then every single person in the tavern stops what they're doing and stares at them. <laughs> and then maybe they all get up and form a wall around the player. Uh-huh. Sort of like buffeting them yeah. just like bumping into them they become like a phalanx until, of commoners exactly <laughs> until they go through that door and then they all go back to what they were doing like if you are ever forced to railroad the players you break the i say <laughs> own it as much as possible and then come up with a reason why later it's like yeah it's like the matrix or something <laughs> yeah because like weird stuff happening in the world is that's like the stuff i love in mm. games so if if something if if the DM is ever forced to do something weird in order to get the game going, I would love for that to be canon yeah. and to be part of the campaign and turn into something bigger later on. Now we're definitely on the the complex side. I I'd say even it could be as simple as I mean, especially if you're like a a, a new DM or something, mm-hmm. 
just be like, hey, guys, we need to go into this room. <laughs> like, That's that is probably the simplest answer. Yeah. Yes. yeah it's just it's just to ask it <laughs> like to ask like it's like I was like, OK, the beginning of the adventure is in this room. Like do what you guys want to do. But mm-hmm. but but like you're you've been given a quest by a quest giver NPC to <laughs> sure. go through this door. Please do that as you know, as soon as you guys are ready to do so. Yeah. But that is where we need to go next. Like, you know, you could just come out and say that. That's a sure, possibility. Sure. It, you know, and I mean, putting that up, putting that out, putting that out there, especially like in the first adventure or something like that, you might not have to do that again. You might, like Maybe. The, the players will then be like, oh, okay, like we should, we should try to try to play along. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll like, if we play along, we get to the next part, more fun stuff happens, you know, like there'll always be times for like little, like for filler, for filler adventures and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it could just be as easy as be like, yeah, we need to go in this door guys. Come on. Yeah. Ugh. And so that, that's probably like the, the simplest DM tip. Mm-hmm. The, I would say more complex DM tip. Don't force the players to go there. Yeah. Just, if they if they're not gonna go through there, for, if there's some reason why they are just not gonna take the bait, yeah, something else happens. Yeah, if you're it, yeah if you're an off the cuff kind of DM, yeah, that, that's fine. And heck, in most DMs, I said okay. So a long time ago, we had an episode where I said something along the lines of all DMs railroad. It's just the like the the better ones. You don't notice it. Sure. And I think I even said it's, I don't think that it's possible to run a game where you don't railroad at least somewhat. My brother, Tim, who I don't know if he still listens to the podcast, but he listened to the podcast back then. He stopped after that one. He, He's like, no, that's wrong. I, I hope not. <laughs> he had an issue with, with me saying that. Sure. He thinks that there is a way to run a pure sandbox campaign that, you know, nothing is railroad. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. There's probably a way you can do it. Uh, yeah. It, it, ha- it, it has to be at least be possible. <laughs> sure. But- uh, if I, so going with the other thing that I said, which is the, like all DMs railroad is just a matter of how much you notice it. I would say if they just are not going to go through that door, fine. What door do you want to go through? They go through this other door. Okay. They go through that other door. Bam. It teleports them to where you were going to have them go in the right, first yeah, place. Exactly. Like you, like I'm going to go out the exit. Well, the, the properties of this in is crazy. Like, are, sure. Sure. Or, or again, going back to like, it's like you make an intelligence checkout, like you, you stumble and get turned around and you went out the wrong door. Oh, it's the door you were supposed to go through. Like, yeah. It, this, like, yeah, it, there's, there, there's, a, there's a lot of ways to get it to happen. Yeah. Or if it just doesn't happen, you can find ways to progress the story anyway. Sure. And like, here's another example. If, if it's something like the players are trying to choose either to go to the fire dungeon or the ice dungeon and you want them to go to the fire dungeon, but instead they go to the ice dungeon. Okay. Well just run the same dungeon, but have everything be ice themed instead of fire themed. You sure. Know, like that's okay. something you can it's a do. It's cool flame. It's blue. <laughs> I guess. So if, if you are determined to use what you wanted to use, you can still do that. Even if the players don't take the bite, the, the bait initially, Yeah, they you can, can just tie it into whatever they do end up doing. Yeah. They just keep ending up back at that one haunted house with the skeletal mages. Is that a thing? Yeah, it's, it, was, it was your it was your worst DM. Oh, right, right. Okay. You kept railroading, even though it was people who weren't even yeah okay. there the first time. Anyway, <laughs> right, sorry. right. Maybe maybe I should take back that that advice then. Because <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to uh, associate In, myself with, encourage with, that. No. With him, right. Uh, so so simplest answer is is to just tell them, hey guys, this is where the adventure is. Yeah, yeah. Just explain to the to the players. This is where we need to go next. Yeah. Do what you got to do beforehand, but we're gonna we're you know to continue on. We have to go through here. Yeah, but I say um, you probably won't even get to that point. Mm-hmm. You'll probably just say, okay, yeah, there's this door, and someone's already gonna be like, yeah, sure, we go through the door, whatever. Well, what happens next? Yeah, uh, in my experience, at least, that's what most players do. They just they just go along with whatever. Yeah, um, and if they don't, if they are refusing to go, either just reroute the adventure to be at that exit instead of this exit. And then if you have to have a big, weird random monster show up and grab them and throw them through the door, do it or do it. And then come up with an interesting reason why that happened. Or giant blue mouse, terrifying monster. Jeez. Thinking of, uh, King's quest five. You're okay. like the, in like, you're in like the evil guy's castle. And then like, just out of nowhere, this big, like four-legged, buff-looking blue mouse monster. Okay, just comes and picks you up and like opens like a hole, opens like a like a magical door in the wall and throws you into a dungeon. 
It's yeah, just, I'm, it's I'm just definitely gonna have to look up a picture of that. It's I don't know how to describe it. It was just like this. It's it's terrifying. And yeah. then and then you throw a bag of peas at it and it trips and falls and <laughs> knocks well, unconscious. Maybe maybe that wasn't a bag of peas, Jeff. <laughs> it was a bag of cheese. It was a bag of beans. Oh gosh, a bag of beans. They were about to explode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our next question is from Paradoxopus. Of course. <laughs> Uh, that was on Reddit. Uh, how do I know if my D and D group is worth sticking with? Are you having fun? That I mean, that's really that's the that's the answer. Yeah, or yeah, that's that's well, yeah, that's the question. No, that's the, should, the question, question rather. That, that is yourself. that is the follow up question. Yes, yes. It's like, are you having fun? If if no, then probably then then maybe not. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's not as obvious as that. Yeah. Sometimes you might be like, well, I mean, yeah, I guess I have fun. Here's here's a, a different question to ask. Are you constantly looking for excuses not to go? Right. Yeah. At that point, maybe maybe it's not worth sticking with. Right. But that, as somebody who has social anxiety, that might not be the group either. It that's, might be that's something true. that you did look into your look within. That's true. But that's a whole nother. That's a different podcast. Yeah. Um. But in in keeping with with that question, though, it's not necessarily are you constantly looking for reasons not to go. It's do you constantly feel like you would rather be doing something else? If sure. you are at the game and you're like, you know, I really wish I was at home getting yeah. my homework done. Or I really, there was that movie I really wanted yeah. to see and I would much rather be doing that instead like, of being here. I could be playing Baldur's Gate right now. I mean, I guess, I guess. <laughs> there there are times where you feel like you do need to interact with people socially and you should be doing that instead of being at home. Mm. But it's still worthwhile to know if you're enjoying it, if yeah. you are enjoying this more than you would be enjoying doing something else. If the answer is no, that doesn't mean you should necessarily leave. Right. Yeah. But it means that you're not enjoying the game and maybe, maybe you should try to get, switch things up. Yeah. I was switch something up or, uh, you know, or, or one of the many, like one of the many problems that we've tried to answer questions for in the, in the past of just like problem players, people taking the, too much of the spotlight, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, you know, it's like the, the the DM is picking favorites and things like that. Like these are, you know, all things that you can can be talking to the group and or the the DM about. Yeah. And so so if you're if you're not having fun, and then you do what you can to try and change that up by either talking to your group or whatever, and that still isn't like, and they then they just won't cooperate with that, or they sure. still won't do anything for it. Like if you have if you have raised your concern to the group or the DM. I'm not having fun or I would like this to change or this is bothering me or so on. Like if you've brought that to the, their attention and they won't do anything about it, then it's probably time to leave. Like yeah. If, if they won't work with you to make it so that you're also having fun, because mm-hmm. the idea is for everyone to have fun. Right. Like I, I've I, said before, like if, if anybody at the table is not having fun, then everyone, ev- everyone has failed. Right. Yeah. And like, it's, and I mean, like nobody's perfect, and no group is perfect, and sure. there will be there will be adventures, there will be days where, like, yeah, like you know, one person's not having a good time. Well, yeah, yeah. Their character rolled really bad on a, on a whole person spell or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, right. You know, it's just, or, you know, it's just like you know, they're just having really bad luck, and then it just puts you in a bad mood and whatever. But the next adventure might be better, you know. Yeah. That like you know, one bad adventure is not isn't necessarily a good reason to you know, stop playing altogether. Sure. Sure. Um, it's more just like a persistence of unfun. Yeah. Like if, if the, the idea of like, well, you know, would you rather be doing something else or yeah. would you, whatever, like if that just happens once, don't, don't jump up and be like, everybody I'm out. Right. Yeah. But yeah. if you, if you notice a trend, if you notice that every week you're having the same thought, like, you know, I would really, w- I'd really rather be, uh, be, writing my novel or or sure. playing that game that I bought or something like that. And even if if you do think to yourself like I'm not really enjoying this, if you also have the thought of it's if if you're if you think to yourself, well, should I say something and should I try to make this better? If you then have the thought of it's not worth it, like oh, it's not worth bringing up to anybody, chances are you're not you're just not enjoying it. Yeah. If you if you don't even have the motivation to make it better for yourself. Right. Then you should probably just cut ties. Now, of course, don't like, again, don't just stand up and be like, guys, you all suck. Peace out. Right. I'm out of here. Cause it could very well, it, it, you know, 
in a situation like that, it could very well just be that's just your own choice. That's yeah. just like it's like you're just not getting out getting what you want out of the game mm-hmm. and out of the group, and it's just not working out. And it's not necessarily anyone in particular's fault. It's just you know, it's like okay, like it's no longer worth it. It's no longer worth sticking around. You're just you're not you're not doing what you came to do. Yeah. Like in keeping with uh, you mentioned my the bad DM that I talked about so many episodes uh-huh. ago. In that case, when I was I was getting ready to leave the group, it wasn't because I felt the group was it, it wasn't because I bore anybody ill will mm. at, at the time. I did later, but it, at the time, I just realized like this. I'm not really having a lot of fun with this. I would rather be playing a different game. Yeah. So. I was planning on leaving so that I could start my own game to have more of what I wanted. Again, it wasn't because it wasn't until the DM became just a total jerk after that, right, that yeah. I, that I very much be, you know, cut ties with everybody. Yeah. But at the time it was just, this isn't really what I want. Hope you guys have a good time. I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, cause like if, because you could have a you could have a problem with a particular person. You could have a problem with all the people, really. Yeah. I mean, or any of them. Um, but even even without that, even if like you get along with the people just fine, sure. It could be that each like because D and D is very it's a very it's a very cooperative game. It's mm-hmm. like there's a lot of input from the players as well as the DM. Yeah. Like between like you know. Uh, the the different characters people have made and like the house rules and stuff like that it could just become a different game that you don't want to play that's true so like it's just like at, at after at a certain point you might be like no this isn't this isn't how i want to play D D or whatever or whatever like I, I like you know you might be like not necessarily a rules lawyer but you want to you know stick to like it's it's like if you want to play a game without mods, like it's yeah. like it's like or it's if you if it even especially if it's like your first time playing D anD D or something like that, it's like no, I don't want to play all this weird house rulesy stuff. I want to play the 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 core game, and if that's just not what the group is doing, then that's that's a time to leave. You know, yeah. that's that's a time when you're like okay, like unless you know, unless it's at least fun. Like if you're if you're having fun, you and it's your friends, you might as well stick around. Sure, but. But yeah, if it, if it's not what you want to be doing, then don't do it. Yeah. Um, I would say try not to think that, try not to feel like you are obligated to continue playing. Right. Yeah. You may think that, because like I felt like this sometimes where I feel like, well, if if I leave, then that means the rest of the group is going to have a harder time or whatever. Right. Yeah. That can be, you know, that can be a thought that pops up, but don't think of it that way. This right. is this is a hobby. Yeah. Everyone is electing to be there. Right. And it's it's a game where you're playing make believe. So the DM can come up with a way to make to like fill in that gap. Definitely. Like, Definitely. It, like it's this isn't this isn't like you like this isn't you moving out of a house, leaving three people to pay like more rent, you know? <laughs> right. Like, right. It's like, you're splitting up the rent four ways and now you, now you're leaving. So now it's split, split up three ways and they can't afford it. That's a, that's not how, that's not what's happening. Yeah. You know, unless you get some weird, <laughs> some like, weird living situation. Right. Going on. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, even if the game becomes less fun for the other players after you leave, uh-huh. it's not your responsibility yeah. to make sure someone else, has a good time. I mean, like you should be like, I did say earlier that if one person is having a bad time, everyone has failed. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it is your job to sacrifice your fun for someone else's fun. Right. So if someone else has less fun because you're not there, then that's something that they should consider when they're trying to think of whether they should stick with the group. Yeah. It's not your responsibility to make sure everyone else has fun at your expense. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for questions for today. Mm-hmm. Now, before we close out, I think we should uh, let's let's take a moment. Let's relax. Let's think about uh, what our favorite magic bean effect was uh-huh. <laughs> or something. What if, you, what if you eat the beans? Ooh, why didn't why didn't it say what happens when you eat a bean? Maybe it, it had freaking rules for a geyser of berry juice. A berry juice. Berry, and it doesn't it doesn't say what happens if you eat a bean. Yeah, even if it was as simple as you gain 1d3 hit points or something, sure, you know, sure. like that's it could be very Or even just a, nothing happens. Or just nothing. Yeah, I, yeah. Gu- I guess in that case nothing happens. Well, you know it does happen when you eat beans, Jeff. What's that? You too. <laughs> Cuz they're they're the, the musical. The, the musical. Anyway, fruit. um speaking of tooting, let's take a deep breath. 
Oh. <clears throat> and let's toss another log onto the funeral pyre. All right, our funeral pyre story today was submitted by Gabriel on Facebook. That's a good name. Oh, yeah, that's a good Good one. name, Gabriel. Not bad. And uh, Gabriel's story goes, Little Theo was strapped to a weapon of mass destruction he had to take down to save the town. Well, he saved half of it. <laughs> well, good on you, Theo. Yeah, good on you, little Theo. Uh, yeah, so um, that I'll go on a very small tangent here. Have you ever read the DC graphic novel Kingdom Come? Mm-mm. It was, I don't remember when it was written, but it was this comic book series a while back or this graphic novel or whatever where it was it was the dc heroes but like 30 years down the line mm-hmm. so like superman had been retired for a while he like went and he was started a farm on his like basically the holodeck of his ship he was just like tending to a farm for years and years huh. uh batman i don't think had retired but i know he like had like a an army of robots that like did his batman thing for him um and there anyway he the, became iron man i guess the story involved this there's this like prison that has all of the supervillains in it mm-hmm. and somehow it like breaks open and all the supervillains escape and i think some politician guy or somebody had a plan to basically just drop like the world's biggest nuke onto the prison to just wipe out all of the the supervillains and there's this there's a a very awesome moment near the end i will sort of be spoiling this so i apologize um there's a moment where okay so part of part of the story involves shazam the or Cap- oh, sure. captain marvel yeah this is many years down the line uh-huh. and as part of the story you find out that captain marvel at least for all appearances captain marvel is working for lex luthor okay he's like his butler and then it turns out it's not actually that Captain Marvel is working for his butler. It's that the little kid that said Shazam and became Captain Marvel right, has grown up. Has grown up, and he looks just like Captain Marvel. And Lex Luthor has basically brainwashed him to be his. He doesn't have any powers. He's just a normal dude. Right. Yeah. He has brainwashed him, and there's a point where Superman comes out of retirement to try and stop all these supervillains that have escaped. Uh huh. And. Uh, the bomb has been launched. It's on its way to go nuke all the supervillains and probably destroy the world or something. Superman goes to stop it. Shazam shows up and stops him. Huh. Like, he activates his powers, but he's a bad guy. And so Superman and Shazam are fighting for a little while. Right, yeah. And then there's a moment where, like, he he has, like, a moment of lucidity. His brainwashing, like, wears off for a moment. And then Shazam flies up, grabs the nuke, and then uses his Shazam power. Because whenever he says Shazam... He gets hit by a, a bolt of magic lightning, which is what gives him his power. Yeah. So he basically flies up, grabs the nuke, and then says the words so that the nuke gets struck by lightning instead of him. Yeah. It blows up, kills him, but it stops the nuke from destroying the world. Right. Where did I get to the... Oh, because the, the funeral pyre started. Right. So I'm going to picture little Theo <laughs> as the little kid that becomes Shazam. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. Anyway, um, so that'll I think that'll... That'll do it for the the funeral pyre. So let's raise a glass in memory of little Theo, the kid who gained superpowers when a magic bolt of lightning hit him and he saved half the town. Clink. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) All right. Well, that'll do it for today. To submit questions for us to discuss, items for the Dragon's Horde, or stories for the funeral pyre, please email us at interpartyconflict at gmail.com. For show notes, a running list of questions asked, and important links, go to interpartyconflict.com. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash interpartyconflict, or our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash interpartyconflict, where I post weekly discussion questions for you. We're also on Twitter, at inpartyconflict. Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and YouTube, anywhere you download podcasts. Please rate, review, subscribe, or just tell a friend. We recently started a Patreon, so check out the rewards at patreon.com slash interpartyconflict. There's a few different tiers, so anything you can spare, even a dollar a month, will make the show better and you'll get bonus content for it. Jeff, you want to tell us about FriendQuest? FriendQuest is our YouTube channel where we play video games. Yes. And if you'd like to submit some of your childhood memories of going to the arcade, I mentioned this last episode, you can either write them to us in an email or record it yourself and send it to me that way. If you send a recording of yourself, it'll be just a little bit more magical, I would say. Yeah. And uh, head over to bit.ly slash interpartyconflict to take a short survey about our show. What you like, what you don't like, etc., 
And just for taking it, you'll get two free printable board games courtesy of Mary and Tom at hollandspiel.com. And our music is made by Boxcat Games from Nameless the Hackers RPG. So, Jeff, until next time, Shazam! Or explode.